Hey Clubbers, it's Mike. And before we start the show, a quick bit of housekeeping. In this episode, we reference our video over on the Patreon, but this time our video didn't work out. The technology gods were not on our side. Um, did I forget to hit the record button? Did the file just corrupt? There's, there's some internal debate about what exactly happened here. But that being said, we took pictures of some of the things we're referring to in those conversations so you can still see some of the stuff we're talking about. But unfortunately, no video on the Patreon feed this week. But we'll be back in the coming weeks with more video goodness for the regular episode and the Patreon bonus. Um, thanks, that's it. Enjoy your regular feed first issue club episode hello everyone and welcome to the first issue club podcast we are your weekly comic book reading club that talks about what first issues first issue comic books right in the title i got it you nailed it first time i was here i was like we talk about last issues, and the guys were like, no, you idiot. We talk about first issues. That's right, and you've been on a roll ever since. We made we made you go out into the yard and, and pick your own switch. That's, that's right. And you brought it back in, sulking. You took forever to come back here, but it didn't stop the pain. Yeah. Did it? No, Daddy. Uh, and it didn't. So, so now you've learned, and we're ready. we're ready to learn everyone else to teach you about the ways of the first issue. This podcast is for anyone who knows what a comic book is. If you don't know what a comic book is, you might want to turn this off. Or if you're if you want to learn, we'll facilitate that learning. Well, kind of. Sure. We might be a little too advanced for you if you yeah. don't even know what a comic book is. You know, that that's fair. <laughs> I wanted to say we're for everybody, but you're you're right. If if you don't know if you don't know your Stan Lees from your Steve Ditko's, I mean, you could probably still hang out with us. Yeah. It sounded like you were setting up for a you might be a redneck joke, but I couldn't pull out what the... You might be a DC fan. Uh-huh. How about that? <laughs> you might be an athlete. <laughs> yeah. You might be a jock. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now everyone is a nerd. That's right. It's not just for uh, us uh, kids that got picked on and elementary school everyone's allowed to be a nerd for something i call us inside boys or inside kids <laughs> for sure my brother was an outside boy i am an inside boy you know uh anime is one of those things that transcends outdoor and in indoor kids yeah now anyway yeah for sure I, uh, some I, some anime I'll so, say that. Certain anime. Yeah. Not everything. Correct. Dragon There's, Ball Z there, transcends. Yeah, right. Everyone loves Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to watch the ones where they like ice skate or fence. Yeah. That's for inside boys. <laughs> I love the power dynamics in this fencing group. <laughs> so intriguing. I'd like to watch nine seasons of this. <laughs> it really is. The, the way... I think it's funny that people will watch anime, but then will be like, oh, I can't take this like romance Jane Austen stuff. So much of manga and anime is Jane Austen illustrated. Oh, it's just like 
a yeah. kid with a crush who's like longing for their like elbow to brush the other person's yeah. for like an entire TV season or an entire book and the climax of it is like one tiny kiss. Yeah. Yeah, just cuz the kids <laughs> aren't like, named Oh god. Just cuz the kids aren't named Mr. Darcy and Heathcliff, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so much of it is like classic romance stuff. Yeah. Uh, anime's fun. Nerd culture is fun on the whole, as are comic books. And that's what we're here to discuss with you today. Yep. I read a handful. Um, I'm a little behind on my comics. I read two that came out this week. Okay. But I'm also very behind yeah. because of my new house. Oh, that's right. Uh, new house project. Before we get into that, yeah. I have one just tiny news hit. Okay. Um, oh, I should have came with more news. That's okay. Okay. Uh, so I was at my LCS the other day, and I saw a copy of Batman Ga- uh, Gargoyle of Gotham sitting on the counter. And I said, there's no way I missed the launch of that book. And my friendly LCS owner said, that's the advanced copy. So... Word to the wise, everyone out there, if you super want an advanced copy of Gargoyle of Gotham, your LCS might have one. Um, I know that they are going for like 50 to 70 bucks online right now. Um, So you might have to pay a pretty penny if you super want one. But if you're cool with your LCS, they might sell it to you on the cheap or have a copy that nobody wants. So... Inquire around. Does it have different markations on it that you know of that, like, when the first prints come out? I did not see any. Yeah. But that... It's like, this is just people who want to, like, read it early, maybe. Yeah. I It might say, like, you know, pre-publication or uh, Ashcan. Do or not resale or Whatever like the thing yeah. is. I did not get a good look at it. I was not allowed to touch it. <laughs> and I was not going to pay $50 for it. Yeah. So. Sheesh. Yeah. So I okay. will wait another three weeks like the rest of the plebs and <laughs> read it when I can touch it with my greasy fingers. <laughs> Get your gloves on. Get your nerd gloves on. <laughs> Get your inside boy gloves. You know what? I've uh, I've never been a gloves reading sort of person, even if uh, it's a higher end comic. I will say that I know CGC and the grading companies that professionally handle our comics do not wear gloves because they feel that you're more likely to mishandle a comic when wearing gloves. You know, I I it's agree safer. With that. It's safer when you have the tactile feel of of like natural hands. They make sure their hands are clean, right? As less as as less oil as possible. Yeah, they like scrub in like nurses, right? Yeah, <laughs> before they before yeah. they start touching all and your probably your treasures. Books, they probably do too. Yeah. But I, you know, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I wouldn't want to mm-hmm. try and pull an Eternals number one or mm-hmm. a you know Werewolf by Night, whatever, out of a bag and board. Yeah. Wearing scary. gloves. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. I would much rather try and cut it open <laughs> wearing gloves than try uh, and pull it out. But yeah. yeah. Um, Interesting. I will say though. In Kansas City, where we are home based out of, yes, um, much like the rest of the country and Midwest right now, 
it's been hitting 100 and above over the past week. It's a million asshole degrees. Yeah. We had we had 104 degrees the other day. That's the highest I remember seeing. I turned on my car and it said 117. But that's because <laughs> my car was like sitting in the sun. <laughs> oh my God. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. It's brutal. You walk outside for like five minutes and I'm like, I'm I might not make it back. Um my hands have been sweating profusely. Yeah. Which is making me so weird about catching up on my big stack of comic books that I'm trying to get through before my next uh, pound of <laughs> my next big huge box from Diamond arrives. But um, yeah, I've been putting my hand on the bottom of my board and then moving the pages like barely touching them with my hand underneath the board. So like I'm never touching the underside of the comic just because my AC my AC just can't keep up. Yeah. So my I'm constantly sweating my ass off. I I sit on the kitchen table mm-hmm. and just lay it flat. You lay it flat and, on the kitchen table. Yeah. Yeah. But normally I read my comics in bed and I just lay them on the bed and read them oh, that way. Oh, okay. I it's cute picturing you just like with I your kick my feet kicking up. Kicking your feet up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like writing in your dear diary. Dear diary. <laughs> comics are very cool. <laughs> can't wait to talk to mike and greg about them uh but it, it, my bed is too sweaty yeah too sweaty a place uh-huh. to be reading comic books right yeah. now so i have migrated to the kitchen table yeah i will say do you do you think there are there comics where you're just like this is a nothing burger comic that won't be worth anything um i don't feel so bad about like rolling it up kicking back on the couch and reading it in a position where it may get a little creased or are you like every comic is treated with equal care? Um, no, I 99% of my collection is like, I don't, yeah, whatever, whatever comics. Mm -hmm. Um, because I am not any comic I buy is for reading. Yeah. Um, unless it's like, Oh, variant cover, whatever. If it's yeah, something... you have another, you have a second copy of it. Yeah, yeah, you want it, a cool cover. If it's something I'm buying just for the cover, mm. I'm gonna put it in a bag and board and basically never touch it anyway. Yeah, everything else is like a free for all. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'm also a person who buys to read. I don't buy like a ton of copies of something on speculation. I don't sell comics. That being said. I am so anal about my treatment of each and every comic that I own. Yeah. And when I pull something out that, like, probably I've got no reason to think that it's going to be a key issue of anything ever, it still drives me crazy that there's, like, a tiny tear in it, especially if I did it. Yeah. Like, if I'm to blame for something being weird. And there's, I'll say all the time, too, like, I have comics that, like, now that they're making all these movies and TV shows, I've got tons of comics that you would have assumed at the time. Daredevil 11 and Charles Soule's run that we talked about a, a week or so ago on the Patreon is like that book's selling for like 50, 60 bucks raw right now because it was the what's the character's oh, name? Murder, murder guy. Yeah. Muse, Muse. Muse. First appearance of Muse, who might just might be yeah. the. A villain in the upcoming Daredevil TV show, and 
if I didn't treat every comic with equal care, that certainly would have been a comic that like would have fallen between the gaps. The introduction of Jeff the Shark would have been a com- it was like West Coast Avengers number seven. Yeah, it was a very new comic book. Like I had no reason to think that would ever be a key comic book, and now it's like if you get it in a nine eight, it's an extremely it's like an over over a hundred dollar comic somehow. <laughs> People love their tiny cartoon shark. <laughs> you, you video watchers, uh, watch Mike D's eyes pop out of his head as I tell him that I used to loan out my Edge of Spider Verse two. No. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, that kills me. I mean, I would always be like, "Hey, this is probably worth something." So like. Be nice to it. Uh, but yeah, I used to loan it out to people. Wow. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> and now it's a what? If you don't yet, a 9.8, that's like approaching $1,000 now. It's like an $800 comic book. I have a 9.6. I think it goes for like 550 600 or something. Yeah. Um, Another comic I have that has a white cover. You don't have that? You don't have yours graded? No. Do you think you'll send it in or is it like... <laughs> I'd like to. I need to send it to CGC because I have it sketched by um, Jason Latour. Jason Latour. I have the exact same thing with mine. Um, my fingers are crossed because Robbie Rodriguez is starting to do cons again. Oh, get love, the double i love to get it double sketched. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they both sketch. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially on that white, mm-hmm. you know, the white part of that cover. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my pie-in-the-sky dream. It does. Those... That comic is really nice sketched because one, because both creators do remarks on it pretty often. And the space, the white space that's left for it is kind of where like a corner box normally is. Yeah. And it's really cool to have a creator drawing there. Yeah. I think the Jason Latour one's really cool because he was the, he's technically the, I know they're all co creators, but he was like the writer. He wrote it. And yeah, yeah I think that's really cool having his sketch in that spot and his is really like unique and cool looking yeah and uh, i don't know if he sketches all of them but yeah he did a little spider mm-hmm. going on yours too right yep. yeah so yep yeah i need to get that <clears throat> probably slabbed i don't know what it would grade at mine yeah. mine doesn't look great but you should probably press it <laughs> probably press that bad boy <sighs> we'll see we're gonna upcoming might, on... i might loan it out some more yeah up uh, on the Patreon that uh, well there is uh, we talked on our Patreon this week about sending a bunch of books to CGC yep and there's a couple that I had pressed that are otherwise really minty the pressing the spots getting pressed out are um, not color breaking and a lot of people take issue with CGC's pressing services. And I don't know if that's pe- if people are just nitpicky or if they don't do a good job or what. But um, when we get our shipment back of around forty-ish comics, um, we're gonna unpack those on the Patreon live react to the grades we got and see how we did on the pressing stuff and maybe give some advice if those grading companies do a good job or not on pressing. Yeah, nice. So that'll be fun. Good stuff. Another reason to join us over on the Patreon. That's right. It's always a good time. Yeah. Any other news or things you want to discuss before we talk about those lovely, lovely 
money holes we call comic books. Cormac books. I don't think so. If anything comes up, I'll uh, I'll interrupt. I'll stop everything we're doing. Throw our conversation off course. Please do. And and make sure we talk about the the time stamped relevant news that we'll never get to talk about ever again. Perfect. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. I love it. My my phone is recording our video for for our Patreon, uh-huh. so I can't reference it for uh, info about the thing that I read. But I did read Realm of X number one. Oh, okay. Which is a team of um, mutants who uh, kind of got sent off into one of the um, ten realms. Yeah, they're in like Svartalfheim or something, right? <laughs> One of the Svartalfheim times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and it's cool. It's it's ve- it feels very much like I think it's a good comic if you're if you like X-Men and you also like D&D type stuff. It feels very oh, cool. much like a D&D campaign. And I think the title of it being kind of like a Realm of X yeah. thing just it sounds very like we have a party that like woke up in a strange enchanted land and then they come upon a battle and it it just reads really fun like that that's a dope team too sorry i was looking up yeah trying to find the creative team for you but it's magic danny moonstar marrow dust curse and typhoid mary typhoid mary is a really fun when you think about the makeup of the team too you've like got your chaotic character your altruistic character you're like strong badass uh warrior character yeah. like it's a really uh dust is kind of like a mage magician type yeah like it's and uh magic has lost her powers so we don't oh, okay. we don't have like a conflicting magician role got here. it yeah she's like a cool character who's along for the ride but she's there as like a badass fighter and yeah. not so much like a magic user a magic user yeah um, and then Marrow is a character that, like, um, I I barely see in comics anymore. Yeah. So, and I I loved that. I thought that character was so cool. Had such an awesome design. I loved the Joe Mad version of Marrow. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I thought that was just so so cool. I used to watch a ton of X Men Evolution, and she was like a big part of that team. I don't know if I know what X Men Evolution is. It's an animated TV show, but she was like. One of the characters. Yeah, one of the on characters. It? Yeah. Wow, uh-huh. I had no idea. Yeah. All right, rad. Yeah. I wonder if that's streaming anywhere. If it's anywhere, it's on it's Disney. It's probably Plus. Disney Plus. Yeah. It would have to be. Um, and also, that's X Men Evolution was first appearance of X twenty three. No kidding. Yeah. It was a cartoon character first. Uh huh. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, her and Harley Quinn. Bizarre. Two of like the biggest young female characters yep. in Marvel and DC. That's neat. Yeah. That's a cool parallel. Yeah. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. I love it. Um they these characters are still wearing their outfits from the Hellfire Gala That's too. Awesome. So they're like decked out in like really fancy garb. I love that. It it kind of adds to the like uh, ancient adventuring type, like why are they so decked out yeah. in their like fanciest clothes? It just has a cool look to it. Um, but yeah, they found themselves in the middle of a uh, battle for the realm, and we find out that there's like there's like an evil witch that's coming for the inhabitants of the land, and they're 
arrival was foretold and they've got statues of Mero and Typhoid Mary and Danny and this like hall, great hall that they have. So they're kind of like warriors of legend who are destined to come. And this witch character is alluded to throughout the book. And then you find out at the end that it's Saturnine. So we've again got to tie back to a very like those Excalibur uh, other world type comics that again feel very um, role play yeah. <laughs> and super nerdy. So yeah, really fun team. Um, beautiful art. I love the art. I don't know if Stephanie Hahn. Yep, she did the cover. Did the did the cover, and then um, whoever did the interiors, I really liked. So T- Torin Gronbeck. Is the writer? Is the writer? He wrote. They did Thor. Yes. After um, Al Ewing and, or I'm sorry, Donny Cates. Yeah. After he took off. Yep. Um, and Dionges Nevis, N E V E S Nevis. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Did the art? Um, I gotta say, Marvel has a lot of up and coming talent. Yeah. Like non-stormbreaker up mm-hmm. and coming down. <laughs> you yeah, know like right it seems like every other book i pick up from them is like oh i've never heard of this person but this art is like out of this world yeah. so it has been a, i don't know if like they've retired the stormbreaker thing they did a 2023 stormbreaker thing this year oh like, did they really yeah at the beginning of the year it's been the same people for <laughs> a minute now yeah, patrick gleason and umberto ramos <laughs> are always stormbreakers <laughs> But, and Peach Momoko. <laughs> and Peach Momoko, yeah. It it seems like something they should rotate these cast of characters out for, like, to highlight more young people. Like, you should change them every year. And yeah. just be like, these are the Stormbreakers this year. I That's why I really liked that... Um... Natasha Bustos was one, and it was like, <laughs> yeah. brought me... Now I'm a fan of hers. I other, Otherwise, you know, I, I do think it matters. I think it's one of those things where I would not have recognized... Natasha Bustos work that she was doing. Um I, I would have I would have seen it and liked it, but I might not have associated it with a person so quickly. I sure. guess. Yeah, yeah. So it makes you a fan of someone quicker when Marvel champions them and puts their name on a list that gets like fed to you through like promos in their in their inside the comics. Yeah. So I think it's a great program, but yeah, sometimes it seems like there are artists in it that are just like hanging around forever. Maybe I'm not understanding the format of it right, but I thought the intention was to introduce new talent. That's what I thought it was too, yeah. but one of their first ones was seriously Umberto Ramos. Yeah. And he's been drawing for them for 40 years or something. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, right, yeah. Whatever. Um, I really liked when DC did, and I think I covered this, but they did that um, milestone like universe program thing uh-huh. where they got the like 12 unknown writers oh, yes. and 12 unknown artists and paired them up to do that like that thicker bound yeah that in-universe mm-hmm. thing that was so dope and if marvel did the same thing i mean that is a home run yeah for everybody i'll say that marvel voices is one of those things where they have like they they tell a bunch of minis yeah that are vo- and the voices series is typically um minority groups representative of minority groups right yeah. so you have 
people who are underrepresented in comic books um, getting exposure yeah. through Marvel voices, which is really cool. And you see like amazing talent in those things, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, this person should be a name in yeah. the comic industry. So it's really cool to find people that way. Yeah, Maria Wolf was in one of them. Yeah, like, Maria Wolf, so fucking so cool. Rad. <laughs> so rad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, so Realm of X. My question is, I enjoy X books. Mm-hmm. I don't have the wallet to pursue the X storyline. Yeah. Can I pick up Realm of X and enjoy it without being neck deep in X stuff? I think... I if we're talking about you specifically, okay. I think sure. I think yes. Okay. I think you know a, enough about. Did you read the Hellfire Gala issue? No, I they but, were out, but you know enough about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that you can understand the context for like what it's spun out of. It is, you know, an interesting group of characters. Some like dust you might not be as familiar with, right? I'm assuming created by Grant Morrison. Oh, so you're a dust, dust fan? All right. <laughs> So, yeah, then you're probably pretty good to go on this book. I think because they're like cast off into like a one of the one of the realms that um, it will feel pretty contained and standalone. Cool. It's not like the second issue is going to have like 20 other obscure X-Men with yeah. like inner relationships that you're just trying to be like, wait, why do these people not like each other? And yeah. why are these people clicking up like it's. It seems like it's very cut off from the other Marvel Universe stuff, and it's a five-parter that seems really fun, especially if you're like a Thor fan and you get to dabble in Ramuffleheim or (laughs) wherever it is. They're in Vanaheim, if anyone's actually interested. Vanaheim, (laughs) okay. It's got that Thor feeling to it, so I think it's a really fun book. Cool. I think there are people who are like, if you're less of a, a Marvel head or just haven't been reading Marvel comics as long, you're still going to see a team of like badass women yeah, chopping through stuff and it'll probably be fun, but there probably is going to be a lot of conversation and dialogue there that you're is just going to go over your head because it is still X-Men stuff. So would you say that- I think you are fine as like yeah. someone who reads a lot of comics but may not necessarily be steeped in X-Men stuff. Yeah. Um other people who would just like enjoy the X-Men cartoon and are trying to look to get back in. Yeah. This still might not be sure a good side quest for you. Would you say that I, I see what you did there? <laughs> would you say that the Hellfire Gala is like kind of a prerequisite to reading this? Or no? I think if you don't understand, I no, I think you can. I think you could probably pick this up as like a self-contained trade, yeah. and just be like, "Oh, they woke up in like a fun undiscovered land, yeah," um, and still have fun with it. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Yes. So it it kind of reminds me of what champion that one run of champions did for their last like four issues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, where they dro- were dropped off in Weird World, and, oh. it, and it was like literally D and D, but with yep. Miles Morales and uh-huh. uh, Riri Williams. Yeah, that's dope. I'm totally gonna pick up Rumble Bex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. Right on. Very cool. Um, so the first one I read 
was Gunbreed. Um, this is first and foremost a weird sized comic. Uh, we talk about this on the Patreon, but it is like exactly the size of a current board. So it's like taller and wider. Yeah, like barely fits in the bag. Um, and I think that is because it's an indie book. And when I say indie book, I mean it's by Blood Moon Comics. You well, ever you, heard of Blood Moon Comics? I have not. <laughs> Would I have bought, and no offense to anybody, but if I'd had a Blood Moon comic book in my collection, it would be in my micro publisher yeah. section. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I've got a I've got a uh, a series of box called micro pubs yeah. that I organize by publisher. If I've got like five or more of the books, and okay. then there's a section at the end that's just like I only have one of these. Yeah, this would definitely be in the I only have one of these. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, pile. Um. So this this book actually came out back in July. Does it feel weird? Is the texture of it different than like a I normal mean, comic? It's like kind of like newsprinty. Okay, but yeah. It's still like it's glossy enough. It's black and white. It's black and white. Okay. Um, this book actually came out in July, um, and it's a three parter. Mm-hmm. Three parter. Um, the thing that I have to point out is that this is an original character. He is a undead sheriff who in the first of many uh mini stories is brought back to life mm-hmm. to seek vengeance against the man who killed his son um so he is a servant of death itself wreaking his undead justice across the wild west <laughs> and what I have to read is the dedication here. Uh, so it's created by Angel Fuentes. It's dedicated to Alex A. Fuentes. And the quote is, his head is not on fire, but he's a writer and he's undead. Two out of three. Which cracks me up. <laughs> because there's just like somebody acknowledging that this is like kind of a ghostwriter ripoff uh-huh. right on the front page. Yeah, that's funny. Um but no, this this is to say that this is a ghostwriter ripoff is severely uh I think downplaying the quality of the stories that are in this book. Uh well, and from what I caught of the art, it's pretty nice for a for a, such a small publisher that like you I've never heard of. Yeah. It looks like I mean, someone with chops did this. Oh yeah, and and so the, a handful of different artists. Yeah, so there are one, two, three. And they're all looking good. There are four different stories in this book. Yeah, all about the the our guy here on the cover, um, all by different artists. Cool. And yeah, so the the the, the first one is that jumping off point, so mm-hmm. you kind of get to know the character. It introduces you to his kind of world and his mission he he is saddled with the gun breed which is kind of like Colin Bunn's sixth gun you know mm-hmm. guns of supernatural power yeah um but i think the highlight is that first story um and then the last story in the book is he shows up to a house where a bunch of different gods are playing 
Texas Hold'em mm-hmm. for the fate of the world. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And he anties in his all-powerful supernatural guns <laughs> and sits with the gods and plays cards. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah, that's fun. It's a very cool story. Um, so there are two other issues of this. I would highly recommend it. Um, you know, for three ninety nine for something that, that somebody clearly put a lot of love into there's a lot of, of heart and soul in this art, a lot of heart and soul in these stories. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I would definitely read an ongoing. Of. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, Jonah hex, like turn yeah. up another couple of notches. Totally. Uh, it's great stuff. So, Again, I've never heard of Blood Moon Comics. I've never heard of any of these creators, but Gunbreed uh, gets the Vargas stamp of approval. Yeah, the, really, the art and design of everything was really nice. Yeah, one of the things that I feel like on on sm- when you see smaller publishers or like self published books, one of the quick tells that someone hasn't like done a lot of comics is uh, the size of the text. Oh, it's sure. normally huge if yeah. someone doesn't like people always do it oversized if they don't uh, really get comic book design. Yeah. And all this stuff looks right on like by some by somebody who's a who's a yeah. pro. It, it looks really great. I, I would I would kill to see this stuff um, like colorized. Yeah. And, and not that not to knock any of the art because the black and white is awesome. Mm-hmm. But. You know, it's probably a budget thing. Yeah, I mean, pay these guys to like make a you know a bigger book, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. I would I would absolutely pay three ninety nine once a month to read this story. Right, so, cool to uh, find a book like that. You know, roll the dice and have it really really pay off. Yeah, so cool stuff. Gunbreed, Gunbreed on Blood Moon on Blood Moon again. I'll have to Google them. Never heard of it. Hopefully, they're okay people. <laughs> We'll take it back if we find out there. We get on their Twitter and it's not so hot. Yeah. <laughs> when do you think we're going to get to a point where we stop saying Twitter? Oh, because it's X now. It's X. I will never say X. How about that? There's your answer. Yeah. I think that's the thing. The older you get in um, in life, too, the more you realize there's just like in Kansas City, they'll change the names of like parts of town or they'll like. They they redid the like big exchange on the highway where traffic used to back up, and they they called it something else because we everyone always called it the Grandview Triangle. Oh, and yeah. uh, Grandview's like a, a suburb of Kansas City, and they were like, we don't like that our city name is associated with like traffic hatred for traffic (laughs) that people just think of like a highway exchange that fucking sucks when they think of grandview and so they changed the name of the traffic exchange and i mean i couldn't tell you what it is yeah it'll always be the grandview triangle for me i think that's just the thing about like having known something for so long oh for sure it'll, it'll just like i'll never be like oh did you see what someone zeted yeah instead of tweeted i think they're trying to call it zeting 
Okay. This is not a fresh take, I know. Here's a here's I, I a, haven't I haven't heard anyone else talk about it, so it just popped into my head. Here's a good question to to, to jump off of that, right? Yeah. Well, what's the company that owns Instagram? The company that owns Instagram is Oh, I my head goes to Facebook. Yeah. It's not Facebook. It's, it's called not Meta. Facebook. It's called Meta. Yeah. <laughs> but it's Facebook. Yeah. Right? Completely. Same shit. Yes. One hundred percent. What's the company that owns Google? Alphabet. Is that real? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The Google's parent company is called Alphabet. Oh, I didn't know that. It's fucking Google. Like (laughs) Alphabet. Weird. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. um, Do you have anything else? I don't want to jump over you if you have another book to talk about. Uh Uh-uh. I had another book to talk about. Where did it go? It's hidden in your pile here. It's hidden in my pile. Oh, no, I left it over in my thing. Hold, please. Time out. You know, we've got a lot of comics over here. (laughs) And sometimes... Okay, I'm back. Sorry, everyone. Uh, So this next one, um, I have to start with a joke for those who get the joke. And for those that don't, I'm sorry. Some inside humor here. Ah, the French comic books. So, <laughs> I read Orson Welles, Warrior of the Worlds. Oh, okay. How and about if, it? If you don't get the joke, go on YouTube and search for Orson Welles Champagne Commercial, and you will laugh for a hundred years. Yes. Yeah, anyway, well. um, so Orson Welles, Warrior of the Worlds, out on Scout Comics. Uh, this book is about Orson Welles. Um. At the very beginning of the book, he dies in a manner very similar to Charles Foster Kane mm-hmm. in Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. um, and hit one of his, I'll say, proteges um, is trying to make a documentary about his life and potentially recover some unseen footage that he has shot, right? Uh-huh kind of yada 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 there is an investigation i am underplaying how intriguing the story is this is a good book but the the end of the book ends up with you find out that that war of the worlds uh his famous radio broadcast in the 30s was real okay and he ended up founding an agency of the government that was in charge of protecting the planet from those aliens. Wow. (laughs) And his protege has to then like pick up that responsibility. Okay. Huh? Wild. Yeah. You didn't see that coming. Did you? uh -uh. (laughs) I figured if anything, this was going to be like a retelling of war of the worlds or something. It, I mean, it kind of is. It's funny that it like, takes a play on him as a real person and yeah gives some like alternate reality version of or who El- orson wells was yeah huh yeah i uh, wonder if his estate like approved this or if someone just wrote it no idea huh i mean it's on scout so that's yeah. not nothing yeah right? Right. it's not a nobody writing it uh-huh. um i guess i could i could pop it open and see i guess but um this was a, a really actually fun book cool um i bought it as a bit 
because I thought the covers were funny. Yeah, it's just cool to have Orson Welles on a cover. <laughs> right. Um, matched with like outer space. Yeah, it's exactly. Very, like, this is actually the B cover. Deaky sci-fi cover. Yeah, this That's is the, cool. I love that. The B cover for those of you who are watching the it's video. Very haunting. <laughs> yeah. Um but the you know the the story was actually intriguing to see yeah. like this protege kind of going down the trail and and you know finding these little pieces of information like oh there's something else going on here and then you know it kind of all hits the rails as yeah. comics tend to do in the last five pages or so um and then it really pops off the the other really cool thing about this is um the first half of the book is mm-hmm. is kind of in grayscale right mm-hmm. and then there gets to a point where the protege character um has an out-of-body experience like flashback thing yeah and that's all in color cool so everything that happens in the past that she is like experiencing th- kind of with and through orson's younger self yeah is all in color yep but all the stuff that's happening in the present of 1985 is in black and white that's really cool there are there's a handful of like graphic novels and comics that i've read where they really use that trick to like an an amazing uh to for an amazing story point where you're just like holy shit like setting you up to think that an entire comic looks one way yeah and then you turn the page and it's like oh my god (laughs) well and it is really striking and what's very cool is that they they did it in such a way that like the stuff that's happening in the current day, these characters are, they're not elderly, but they're like mm-hmm. in their fifties and sixties, yeah. right? So they're like established in the world, kind of day in day out kind of people, just working on this project. And then when you get to the color stuff, it's like not only is it this alien attack, but <laughs> everybody's in their twenties, right? Yeah. So. Ugh, they're raring to go and yeah. whatever. She looks in the mirror and she sees her 20 year old face and she's like, Oh my God, I look so young. And uh-huh. she sees young Orson Wells and he's fighting an alien. And you know, <laughs> so it, it works on two levels yeah. where they're whatever. So right on. It was great. It was oh, a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I am historically not a huge scout comics fan, uh-huh. but this one, they really knocked it out of the park. I really like this. So right on. I hope it continues to be this good. You can go on the Scout Comics website and buy decals of this comic book. <laughs> you can buy mugs of this comic book, keychains of this comic book, t-shirts of this comic book. They really go over the top with the amount of just like stuff. Find a, a link to their whatnot where they're selling an exclusive cover uh-huh. in their mystery box. In their mystery box, <laughs> yeah. Get some coasters while you're at it and yeah. uh, a beer koozie. <laughs> uh, hopefully licensed by the Wells Estate. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, well, we did it. We did it again. We came, we recorded, now we're going to go to sleep. We're going to slumber for seven days. That's, that's right. Awake again from our cocoons. Gorgeous butterflies. Ready to read more comic books and delight you with our learnings. Yep. That's it. You nailed it. All right. I'm a moth, though. Okay. You're a moth. I'm a butterfly. Greg is... He's more of a crab. A crab. He molts. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just sitting in the corner, 
Some of his exoskeleton still attached, trying to wriggle free of it while the sun burns his pale, pale skin. Pale, pale skin. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.